0: The following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the pro wrestling tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT Cast Scrum and
1: Bank! Bank, bank, what is up, you guys? Welcome to episode 116 of the PWT Cast. My name is Scrum. And this is stank. And this is the official podcast of Pro Wrestling Tees. We bring you brand new episodes right here on this very feed every Monday. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Uh, go back and listen to some of our past episodes. Uh, past guests include the Young Bucks, Eric Bischoff, Effie, Brody King, Sam Roberts, Matt Cardona, Chris Van Vliet, Elena Black, now uh, NXT's own uh, Cora Jade, uh, Warhorse, Nick Aldiss, Blue Meanie, Daphne, Vicky Guerrero, Colt Cabana, uh, Hornswoggle, Ethan Page, Killer Cross now, uh, Monday Night Raw's Karrion Cross, as well as uh, Ryan Barkin, CEO of Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, if that's not enough for you, we also do have a Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash PWTCast. Uh, Dave and I, we have uh, various shows on there. We have a weekly movie review in the form of Scrump and Stings Family video. Uh, we have a kind of conspiracy theory, uh, cryptid, just sort of all around spooky show called the Scrump and Stings Detective Agency, as well as uh, some episodes of a power rangers retrospective we did called go go scrump and stank uh those are all available over at uh, pro, uh, patreon.com forward slash pwt cast dave uh in talking about the the patreon i i, th- I think we should uh we should spill the beans on a very special surprise we have for our listeners this week mm-hmm. um we recorded an episode talking uh train to busan as well as kind of just all around halloween horror stuff uh for the patreon that with a friend of the show mike murray from post wrestling and it was a really good episode so much so that we thought you know what uh halloween season is upon us let's let's spoil these boys and girls a little bit early so for those of you who are members of the patreon it will be dropping early for you guys on wednesday and uh as a preview to any of you who might have been on the fence about whether or not you should sign up uh, that'll be dropping Friday right here on this free for free. Uh, just as a as a little preview, you know of, of what of what you can expect over at the Patreon. So kind of looking forward to that. But Dave, um, it is Halloween season. Uh, you know we're, we're halfway through October now, basically um, a little bit more than third of the way. Last week you talked about going to a uh, haunted house with your family, correct? Yes. Yeah. Very fun it was it sounded very fun you know you, you talked about it you you said it you know it was, i was like ooh you know what i think uh, i think me and the lady might want to want to go to a haunted house so uh i got i i'm a season pass holder but i got a, a ticket for her so we could go to fright fest and boy the scariest thing there dave was waiting in line uh it was so weird it's never happened this has never happened but i apparently the park was at capacity um possibly due to covid restrictions you know they don't want to let everybody in but like i mentioned to you there's there's three separate entrances to this park and i got stuck at all three the first one it was one of those annoying things where i was like ah whatever you know it's only been about 20 30 minutes like it's fine and i'm waiting in the second line they close that one off too and i go huh that's weird all right well we're in the third line you know uh at this point i'm i'm um, I'm getting a little anxious. I, I'm, I'm tired of having sat in my car for as long as I did. Then I notice no cars are turning left. All the cars are just going straight. Everyone is just keeps going straight. And I go, huh, that's weird. Maybe all these people in line aren't also going to Six Flags. Uh, well, I'm not sure exactly what happened at Six Flags because uh, they just didn't let anybody in. I mentioned to you, like, I, I called their customer service line, and uh, the woman who answered, she was just like, I don't know. I was like, well, are are you guys, like, I can wait. Like, it's fine. Like, I'm already here. Like, have I got it? I don't know. Just, I don't know if we're closed or not. I don't know. And it's was like, all right, well. I mean, even
2: even at best of times, Great America, and then, you know, you take Great America and then add Fright Fest on top of that. At the best of times, it's a line simulator. You, you wait in the line to get in, so you can wait in the lines to get on everything, but, like, yeah, I wonder I mean normally customer service is pretty good, but I gotta imagine everyone was calling customer service and who knows if something happened. Yeah, but like it's so weird. I've never seen any amusement park. We're talking from Kittyland on <laughs> to to be at full capacity. It's so weird.
1: Yeah, I mean and I understand I'm someone who like you know, maybe they were understaffed because that that is you know a, a problem that, that we have you know currently is that um you know most places are understaffed that I, I don't know the the staffing situation un- unfortunately for um this flags this this six flags in particular but yeah it's just very weird um again like I've I've been pretty much been going there my entire life and like I'd never heard of them being at capacity because like it might like yeah. you mentioned there's been times where I've gone and it's essentially that a line simulator where you're just waiting and waiting in line and like, you know, it's just, it's not the ideal, the most ideal situation, especially on one of those hot summer days. Like if it's cool out, whatever. I don't, I don't mind waiting, but like, Ooh, when, when it's one of those hot summer days? Uh, yeah. Um, but you know, again, that kind of sucked, but it's fine. I mean, uh, you know, didn't get to go to Six Flags, but we do have the Jericho Cruise coming up this week. Uh, you know, we are recording this Sunday, and from Wednesday till Monday, we'll be we'll be away. We'll be out of the, We'll be out of town in in Miami.
2: Yeah, you know, I'll tell you, we've been waiting to get on this boat for. If I feel, has it been like a year and a half? like just with covid and everything they just kept postponing it and postponing it and postponing it and i think i think we've all kind of agreed there's really no especially with covid still just floating around there's really no good time to do anything right so just fuck it and let's do it but like um really excited they're being really strict on this cruise so like i know like everyone's thinking uh wow Uh, you guys are scared of COVID. You're going to go on a boat. Like this is the most restrictive entrance onto a vessel ever. Like we have to take our PCR test 96 hours before boarding. And then we got to take another rapid test when we get on there. And then if anyone, like if anyone in our group tests positive, none of us can go like, we just can't board the vessel. So, um, who knows? And also it's going to be thunderstorming from Miami all the way to the Bahamas, the entire cruise, so, you know, we're, we're probably going to have to make a lot of our own fun, but um, it will be nice. We've been so busy, you know, all the AEW stuff we've been doing, the CM Punk shirts really threw us for a loop, and, you know, we're getting through sales, and then right after we get off, we got to start planning for the Black Friday sales, so it'll be really nice to get some downtime, and, like, if any of you guys are fans of the show and you see us walking around, we'll be pretty recognizable, I think, so... If you want to stop, take a, some pictures, say hi. You know, we'd love to meet you. It's, it's been a while since we could, like, really interact with people, you know?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, one of my favorite things um, is just, like, the unplanned activities, you know? Like, just getting to hang out and, and chill. Like, I remember specifically last year, um, it, because we brought the podcast equipment, which, thank, thank God, uh, this year... Uh, we we now have a a, a portable uh, podcast uh, recorder as opposed to the, the the big soundboard, big old soundboard that I had to bring yeah. out last time. Because uh, as ideal of a of a piece of equipment as it is, not the best one traveling. Um, yeah. But it was just kind of sitting down with people and, and getting to talk and getting to chat. Like again, I, I mentioned all those episodes up front. The one that I always recommend is the Jericho Cruise one, just because it's just it's so it's such a fun episode because you hear you know you kind of first day we get there and just as the days go on like the the sea madness uh you know sets yeah. in and, and, and things like that and it's just getting to talk to all our friends like i'm super excited I'm, I'm positive we're gonna record another episode with like you know joe and and, and taffy you know yeah. co- cousin jeremy's my roommate this uh, this crew so probably going with him like it's just it's so much fun to me just being around like our, our close friends, and you know just getting to, getting to just chill out, not have to worry about oh this order needs to go out overnight express tonight or, you know the fucking world's gonna end because you know just any of that kind of stuff that again unfortunately for the last few months because of how busy we've been has been the case where it's like oh we have to get this high system. pressure, Ooh, yeah it's just. And again, I know it's like, oh, woe is me, you know, poor problems. But like, no, like it's you know, it's it it does get to us sometimes. where it's just like, oh, come on. Um, yeah. Again, I've I was not aware that was going to be the weather situation on the boat, but um, I'm not really. Someone, we'll make do. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really someone that like, uh, oh, I'm gonna go suntan on the deck, or I'm gonna go for a swim. Like, yeah, I'm I'm okay. You know, like, I
2: feel I feel bad for like like. So my wife's going on this one, um, because you know, we've gone on many Royal Caribbean cruises, love it. Like cruising is like some of the most fun you can have. So Norwegian's a little bit different. The boats are a little bit smaller, but like, she was like, Oh, I kind of want to go on the, on the Jericho cruise. And like, she was planning on being on the sun deck, sunning and like just drinking all day. And so she's like, Oh, and I can't set out. But, uh. She was really worried. She's like she's like, I don't want you to look at me like I'm some kind of anchor and you gotta entertain me. I'll be fine drinking like not at all. I, I love hanging out with my wife. She's I mean, cool. Annie, she's cool with just about anything.
1: Yeah, Annie is like a cool fucking person to hang around with. Like Yeah. I don't you know, I don't think at any point anyone would be like, Whoa God, Dave's ringing huh. his wife like Again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So but I, I have a feeling this might be her last wrestling cruise. Like you know, like like I said, everything everything up to the lead up to getting on the boat you know be the weight the you know i I love the lineup that's on the boat but it it was constantly revolving because you know of the date moving and then the fluid nature of what's going on you know with the epidemic and stuff so it's really and then i think we changed boats even like we were going to be on the jewel and now we're on the gem or something like that so um this is one of those things where like last year Ryan's wife came on and Frank's wife came on and they were like, no, thank you. <laughs> like, like we're fine. we're perfectly in our element on this boat, like wrestling, a uh, bunch of fans and just like being on a boat and not having to do anything is the, what we're most looking forward to. So I think rain or shine, will have fun, but um, we'll see. I, I guess all the excursions are booked up. So <laughs> we can't even do that, but We'll figure it out. It, we make our own fun on the boat, is what I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah that that's one of that's one of the things going into it where I'm like, eh, you know what? best Best case scenario, uh, we kind of just again, like that we have our own fun. We we make up our own things, and uh, you know, at, at least you know, uh, worst case scenario, we had a whole bunch of content for the podcast uh, yeah. to put out. You know, if it is. Uh, the end of the world outside, it's raining, it's a thunderstorm and all that, because I think, I think too, the fun thing that sort of reflect on is, like, again, this is our third time going on, it's like you can sort of compare all three of them, and, like, um, I think fair to say, first one was probably, you know, the best one. Um, yeah. Yeah, so... Okay, it, 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 we, it was new, and we didn't know what to expect, and, you know... There wasn't a pandemic
2: it, going on. There wasn't a pandemic. The other thing, too... The, the reality of being on a boat with a ton of people is there are just some things you got to deal with lines at the buffet elevators being max capacity. And you got to just walk. Like there's like little things that like, they seem like the most first world problems. are <laughs> like, Oh, I got to wait to eat all I can eat buffet food. And I can't take an elevator up to my stateroom to go look at them. These are, believe me, I understand that we sound like asses, but like there are some things on the boat where you're just like, Oh, so we normally kind of find like little pods and areas that you like hang out with, and that's the most fun—hanging with your buddies.
1: Yeah, that—that's that'll be the most fun that I'm looking forward to. And again, I'm rooming with cousin Jeremy. You know, that guy's can't just, get better than that. Can't get better than that. You know. Um, real quickly, Dave. Before though, we we get to uh, you know this week's episode with uh, with Jeff Jarrett. Which oh, uh, you know, again, some of you may be wondering, like, oh, I thought you guys were going with the whole uh, spooky motif this month. Um, that very much was the plan, and for maybe about a month now, we've been both, you know, Jeff, Jeff Jarrett, this week's guest, and and us. We've been going back and forth because, uh, you know, Jeff is a very busy man himself, and we've just been so swamped, so so swamped. Um, which I wanted to give a, a huge shout out to uh, Derek over at uh, Ad Free Shows because he helped facilitate this, and you know, very much work with our with our sort of busy schedule. Like we sort of, you know, even day of it was like. Oh, it's supposed to be this time. Is it okay if we switch it to this time? And even then, uh, you know, Jeff was more than accommodating, you know, for the time that he gave us. And so, yeah, you know, uh, next next week's episode will be the uh, or next Monday's episode at least will be the uh, midsummer episode with uh, Wes and uh, Ashley Allen that we recorded. Which again, an- another really fun episode talking about midsummer. And uh, yeah, we will. There will be another Jericho Cruz episode. You know uh that that will be coming as well the only the only thing that sucks with that in particular is that um having to remember all the different bits of audio that we record because it's not like yes. you know it's not just one giant piece of audio that we record you know it's like oh let's record five minutes over here with Castro let's record five minutes over here with Nick let's record five minutes over here with taffy like and then when I'm putting it together one I gotta like it's just a lot of a lot of nerdy editing stuff but nonetheless you know like we mentioned uh you know this week's episode uh not the most of, of spooky there will be some movie talk uh we'll, we'll save that for after the interview because um again it was uh it was a pretty fun interview that we had with jeff like uh a very fun bit like very very fun bit right off the top where i was just like whoa this is this is pretty crazy that jeff jarrett knows you know jeff jarrett's calling me scrump that's pretty fucking weird um and then of course my favorite part that i've not stopped talking about it dave is the way that this episode in particular ends um because again it was oh my (laughs) god yeah it it was just another one of those things that i was just like wow this this is what dave and i do like this is this is real life huh This, this is just this is so much fun um so yeah let, let's go ahead and get into uh this week's episode with jeff Jarrett, and then afterwards uh the dc fandom just happened and you know there was a lot of uh um stuff that they put out dave and i have some feelings on it and uh yeah we'll, we'll talk about that right after uh this week's interview uh with double j himself jeff Jarrett. dave when it comes to the world of podcasting one of, essentially just what you're doing is telling stories. You know, it's usually one or two people sitting down, typically friends. Otherwise, it, it makes for it awkward if you're not friends with the person you're talking to. But one of the things that is fun about that is just being able to tell stories, you know. And if you sit down and you think about it and you're, you're a third generation, third generation wrestler who's been around the, the business of wrestling your entire life, I think it's safe to say you've probably got about a story or two to tell um that some people might find entertaining. Uh and how we got we got very lucky this week in the fact that we're talking to a former NWA, triple A, WCW champion. He he founded he's one of the founders of TNA. He's a WWE Hall of Famer, he's a king of the mountain. He's also host of uh, My World with Jeff Jarrett. Uh, so let's just go ahead and get on with it, ladies and gentlemen. Without any further ado, the man himself, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff, how are you doing?
0: How are we doing, guys? I appreciate you having me on. It's—I um, guess that's what the business I'm in. You know, I made a living talking, but I've also sort of mixed it up to some action every now and then. Now I'm just a full-time talker, I guess. But no, <laughs> I appreciate you guys having me on. Looking forward to chatting all things. Obviously, you just referenced my world, so that's a whole new world for me. But you're right. Uh, if I don't have stories after 35 plus years and three generations, um, I'm in trouble. But uh, <laughs> so um, now, am I speaking to Scrump or Stank or what?
1: What are the names? Now? So yeah, so I, I'm I'm Scrump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, my co and, and I'm Stank.
0: <laughs> you guys gotta look. Listen, listen, should I call you Mister Scrump and Mister Stank? Because you need to properly introduce yourself, to the chosen one, to the king of the mountain. I'm kidding. Mister
2: Stank kidding. is my dad. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, well, and, 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 and I'm not going to go there where everybody else went. So that means your mom is Miss Stank. Yes, that's correct. yes. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it's, shame uh, on you! Shame on you! <laughs> fun,
1: fun, funny enough, with that as well too, because we're we're so used to we're talking with wrestlers, talking to people within the world of wrestling, who sometimes they pick a a, a nickname. You know, it's people know them by their actual name, but sometimes it's this. They 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 land on a name. They say, "I'm going to call myself this," and then twenty odd years go by, and you know, you're like. All right, yeah, we're still calling this person by that nickname, and and with Dave and myself, it's I as you hear, I I refer to him as Dave or Stank, and it is sometimes when they're like, wait, so are you talking to Dave or st- <laughs> is there three people on this or or what's going on? Uh, but we'll we'll keep well, it.
2: Well, so, I mean, speaking of names, like I just wanted to say, like when I was younger and I was kind of really getting into wrestling and kind of understanding it as like a like an art form you know, I remember watching like WWF superstars and seeing like a new character, double J. And, you know, I remember thinking, what an awesome name, double J J a double R, you know, J E double F J a double R E double T. I was like, how do you get a name so perfect like that? And like, you know, it just like led to your character so well to, you know, you, you kind of had that, that wild, uh, kind of flamboyant outfit and the the whole gimmick um what what was it like when they show you like uh, one your outfit which was pretty unique at the time um but just your character in general
0: well Mr. Stank I'll say this um you know right when I first got to 1993 when I uh, when I went full-time with with the WWF at that time there would be some folks that whether it's production or even you know fans that I was around that had no idea that my father wrestled promoted that my grandmother promoted and, and all that they just thought wow and they would say hey is that's like that that's uh that's that's not really your your real name right I go no that's that's really my name with uh, <laughs> two F's two R's two T's uh, but um, yeah no it's it's um you know putting that all together and and um, just to sort of, you know, dovetail off to that, I and I've said it often on my on my world and me and Conrad have had conversations on there and off there because sometimes he'll just start picking my brain where I that conversation. You know, Vince um, McMahon is 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 a lot of things. But one of the things that I think um, you know at the end of the day is that he gets something out of a talent that already exists you know the undertaker the only one guy could really do that undertaker because there's a deep dark side in mark callaway or stone cold or you you name it Uh, you know in the whole comedian run i mean we could go on and on and on and on and on about the different characters over the years but vince would find something that's already really existed but man he would know how to pull it out of somebody and shine a spotlight and you know, all that came together and, and, and Vince, you know, seeing my God-given name and then knowing that I'm from Nashville and I love country music and we just, you know, started from a the seed there and continue to collaborate and all these years later, double J stuck as we're talking about nicknames, Mr. Stank and scrump.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking, speaking of Vince, you know, uh, like you said, there's a lot that's been said about him and depending on what your relationship is with him at the time, you know, some people speak negatively about him, you know, when they're, they're kind of on each other's bad side, but then oftentimes they'll come back around and say, well, a lot of times Vince was like a father figure to me. um, Or like almost in every instance, they say just what you said. He sees something that that's innate in, in some of the great performers that maybe needed to be pushed out. And I mean, that's kind of like the hallmark of a a great promoter Um, Now you, you, you're one of the few, you know, now currently that that's seen both sides as a wrestler and as a promoter, what's it like being able to juggle, you know, the showbiz side and also having to deal with talents and managing egos and knowing what's best for business, what's best for the show, and, you know, just being in that position where sometimes you can be the villain, you know, backstage, um, but really what you're trying to do is put on the best product. Like, do you have like a special insight to maybe a, a lot of what Vince goes through?
0: Well, you know, and it goes without saying, uh, not to be repetitive, but, you know, I'm a third generation guy. So growing up in the industry and just being around it all the time, it's like, you know, um, whether you're you're you're, you know you're born into the the you know if you've got uncles and dads and grandfather that's a lawyer or a banker or um, any type of sort of family businesses you grow up in it almost by osmosis you you do you have a leg up because you understand it through that way but the thing that you understand the most is that hey what this profession is it's literally what's put groceries on my table And that's a that's a a great, you know, a lot of (laughs) we've joked it's I was either blessed or cursed uh, having a father that wrestled promoted. But, you know, the wrestling industry, truth be known, has put groceries, to use that term, on my family's table for three generations. So born and raised in that that environment and looking at through those eyes is that by default, you you say, all right, how am I gonna make the most money out of this? What makes the best business sense? And and a lot of those decisions may seem, oh, that's the wrong decision, maybe for the night, but for the long term, that's the long play to stay in the business, to stay healthy, to stay so sur- not just surviving but thriving. And so a lot of times decisions are made that maybe on the service, maybe it's the right decision, maybe it's the wrong decision. But for the long play, it's absolutely the right decision, and those kind of things. That unless you've been around a few years and understand the psychology of it, the business sense of it, the the knowing that I, I have to make this decision to get me down to the fifth and sixth and seventh and eighth levels of decisions, because if I if I don't make that decision today, I never get there. And so. You know, that's that's something that, you know, Vince and it, it's 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 unbelievably remarkable for me to this day that, you know, it go raw The longest running episodic television in history. I mean, it beat Gunsmoke. But I mean, and, and when you say that, it's like different TV shows. And I guess 60 Minutes has, you know, a lot of seasons under their belt, but they're one day um a week for a season you know we're 52 weeks a year so when you really put it all into context and the amount of hours that vince is personally produced not not sitting in an office knowing the show's going on like that he's that that he's personally produced through the years and even before you know when he worked for his father he was the announcer so he was a part of production there just the amount of hours and hours and hours that that he has and you know i don't have near that many but you know, my father and going to Memphis TV as a you know twelve, thirteen, fourteen year old kid and guys come to the curtain and they just beat the hell out of each other and here they are looking at my old man and saying, how is that?" It it just puts a whole different perspective of of from uh, you know me being a teenager looking at it. They go, "Oh, this is a this is all business. That this is a hundred percent business and it's about making money." So. That, that was a long-winded answer, but, but it's, 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 a great, it's a great question because um, the, in the world we live in today with social media and everything being so transparent, I, I think it's a, a great point to, to discuss that for the night, it might not be the perfect decision, but for the long play, it absolutely is.
1: Well, and speaking about Vince having an eye for talent, um, dare I say you do as well? Because again, like we mentioned, your history with TNA, and uh, like if you look at the current landscape of of uh, WWE, there's a lot of guys that you know started out in Impact, you know, either had a cup of tea in there, but they're now you know the mainstays. Your your, your Bobby Roode, your AJ Styles, your your Art Truths. Is there any part of you that sort of feels like the you know like it was like the, the, the father figure where, you know, you, you saw these people that you clearly saw something in them, you know, you looked at a Samoa Joe and said, this is going to be the guy. And now seeing that you were right about that, like, is there any sort of validation and seeing them succeed, even to an extent with someone like a, a Jeremy Borash, you know, behind the scenes who, you know, people rave about his work. And again, you you were sort of the person who who discovered these guys and, and were able to give them more of a, a mainstream uh, audience.
0: Well, for every Jeremy Borash or AJ Styles or Samoa Joe, there's guys that didn't make it. And, and we have had those kind of, kind of conversations. I won't name names, but when I went back full-time up there in 2019, a number of people came up to me, and they were just super gracious and kind and thanks for everything you've done. I'd never be here, blah, 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 blah. And, and I had a very candid, quick response, and I just tell them, that's not really true that's not really accurate because the cream always rises at the top and I look at it as if how lucky am I to have had the opportunity for a boy from more Georgia who was landscaping who said hey I'm gonna come up here every Wednesday AJ Styles or or whatever the, the, you know however you slice and dice it so uh, it makes me feel good uh, you know that that the guys are are so successful but when I look back on that time frame and 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 look at at just how we were hitting on all cylinders and gelling. It was from a professional point of view, uh, just a fantastic era of my career. Uh, but then just recently on ad free shows, uh, uh, we we you know Conrad wanted to sit down with my father, who uh, I believe is the last remaining territory promoter alive. And he sat him down and had some conversations. And when you hear my father talk about. From Jerry Lawler to the Road Warriors to Rock and Roll Express to Midnight Express, Jim Cornette, Jimmy Hart, and then all up to Stone Cold and the Undertaker and The Rock and all the guys that came through there. You know, my dad's territory is the one that gave them—I don't say their break, but gave them an opportunity to create um, and and to refine and to get their career going. And so it's funny how. You, when I sort of look back, there's some parallels to that, that he gave a guys a lot of opportunity. That's opportunities were given to me uh, when I started the uh, industry. I mean, started the business. And and so I'm just glad that a lot of guys seized the opportunity and and, and all of the success they are today.
1: Well, one of those people... Uh... You know that sort of seized the opportunity was Nick this when he wrestled. Uh, I believe it was back in 2019 at All In, and and you were actually there. You cornered him. You uh, before we were recording. You know we were like, oh, ha- have we met before? And I actually I, I, I met you backstage at that show as uh, you know being with pro wrestling tees. We were running around, and you know All In sort of sprouted what was become now AEW. And again, you've been someone who you've you've been around for years, so you've seen these companies uh, you know pop up and and sort of gain some momentum, some of them fall by the wayside, some of them are still going to this day very much, like, you know, with TNA, with Impact. Um, is it is it almost surreal for you to see, like, that this is still happening, that this is still a thing with WWE, as as big as it is, that there's still companies that manage to find, you know, this abundance of talent that, uh, for the moment, isn't WWE ready or not ready to go to WWE, but that this is still happening because, again, like, You've been around for plenty of the wrestling boom periods, and it almost feels as if we're in the midst of one right now.
0: Well, when you sort of look at and look, TNA is coming up on it's. It's hard for me to believe, but it's coming up on its twenty-year anniversary. Uh, for one thing, damn, that makes me feel old, Stank. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, but it's it's look, and here's a, another sort of a, a unique perspective that uh, I'm I'm blessed with is that growing up in Nashville, you know. In the, we'll say, 70s, 80s, and even into the 90s, and a little bit past that, there were four or five labels. And if you want to say labels, there were four or five WWEs. But now, the way entertainment is, there's so many independent labels and so many opportunities. That's how I view professional wrestling. I I believe we are just scratching the surface of seeing multiple brands. I mean, God bless the Khan family. You know, when, when, when a family enters this business with <laughs> hundreds of millions of dollars, it, it, it radically changes the climate and and what an opportunity that's been given to so many folks and are a lot of folks have seized the opportunity um, and so i think it's very healthy i think there's going to be you know continue to be more uh it, i think it's going to be real interesting uh just to see how things but the model is changing right before our very eyes you know it went from i, yeah, I don't have to tell you guys but it went from a live event in business in the territory days to closed circuit and pay-per-view and then monthly pay-per-view and, and and now we're getting into streaming and WWE networks on Peacock and just the evolution of things continues to go at a breakneck speed. I'm pretty excited to see where it's going, but I just think there's opportunities and you know years ago yes there was wrestling in Japan and and Germany and some of the UK and obviously Mexico goes back, you know, uh, a lot of years. Uh but now the way technology is there's not a country in the world that isn't aware of professional wrestling. And, I, and, and with that awareness comes opportunity. So I'm, you know, I've always been very bullish on the international market. And I think there's a lot of great things to come uh, in the days to come uh, in international professional wrestling, but in our, you know, in our wonderful world, uh, you'd be sitting in your house in Chicago and view view, view stuff from Mumbai or Munich or wherever Middle East. It, it doesn't matter. So going to be a lot of fun in the months and the years to come.
1: No, definitely, uh, Jeff. Jeff, I, w- I wanted to ask you
2: real quick, and I, I know that uh, on your own show, My World with Jeff Jarrett, you you've you've talked about this a little bit, but to me, like one of the one of the more shocking moments in. Uh, in wrestling was bash at the beach, 2000. And I I know you've, you've talked about it with other people and stuff. Um, but that was when you came out, Vince Russo tells you lay down and Hulk Hogan pins you and everyone made like a really big deal about that. That was kind of when, um, wrestling had this real emphasis on this is real backstage. You, You know, there is a show, but this is real. Could you tell us a little bit about how you felt in that moment? I know you had to be in a really, tough spot like you're you're between a rock and a hard place and in you know and of course coming from the promoter background you got to do what's best for the company but you're also a performer and you're representing in a different way what what were some of the conflicting feelings you were having during you know before during and after that event happened at bash of the beach
0: and you know we do an entire episode on my world and all my socials and there's actually a website everything Uh, If you go on, you know, whether it's my website or social, it's realjeffjarrett.com. And you can go there and find this episode. But, you know, again, I learned at an early age, you know, when I show up to an arena, what cap am I really playing? What cap am I really wearing? And obviously at WCW, I was a talent. Now, the promoter in me was disgusted. The the human being in me was disgusted. The talent in me was disgusted. But, you know it's also I knew my parameters. I was there as a soldier to do what I was told. And why put myself out and, and down a sword that there's no way I could do anything about. I did what I was told, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that was, you know, the reality of the situation. But here we are still talking about it 20 years later, which is uh, in, in a lot of ways um, a head scratcher to me because it was such, <laughs> in my opinion, a, 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 a real uh, you know, just a a, a real uh, stain, uh, a blemish on the industry, but uh, it makes for good news. But, you know, when, when people hear the story today, and I've gotten the feedback off of that, uh, for folks who have heard that episode, and, and it's almost like an overwhelming when we get into discussion, and I, and I tell the folks, I said, you have to kind of imagine that th- those were pre-Twitter, pre-Instagram, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. uh, pre-YouTube, pre, pre, uh, uh, it was really a word of mouth. And and, and so, um, yeah, there was the Mean Gene hotlines, but, but it was so pre-social media days in so many ways that it was really a unique time in the industry because, uh, you know, uh, s- someone that followed wrestling and WCW and WWF and knew it was scripted and knew all that, they still went, what the hell was that? When they absolutely knew it, it was scripted, but it, it 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 raised so many questions, like the Arquette one in the title, those kind of mm-hmm. things. It's like what? Uh, so anyway, we're still talking about that stuff, and I'm glad we are because it uh, it's it certainly uh, my world, and 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 um, th- that my podcast is just it's a whole new world for me to venture into. Here I am talking to you guys on your podcast. I don't have to tell you guys, you're in the podcast game, but it's uh, kind of amazing how podcasting is now a form of entertainment, and it's uh, highly, you know, lots of revenue created, lots of news created out of it, so it's a lot of fun.
1: Well, speaking of different forms of entertainment, you know, uh, w- while we're still in the midst of it, the pandemic itself, I know one of the things at the beginning of the pandemic that a lot of people were doing, aside from, you know, your your, your podcast, YouTube, is they were catching up on, on, on television because the, the one thing that, that we all have an abundance of it, are things to watch. And the thing do we, we don't have an abundance of is time to actually watch it as we're all busy with family, work, you know, everything that may be so at any point you know during the pandemic was there was there like a a tv show or something that you know you and the wife for years i've been saying oh you know what we should we should catch up on that show we should catch up on that show we should finally watch that movie that you guys finally got to you know the chance to sit down and 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 watch that because you know here at the the pwt cast one of the things that dave and i we do enjoy talking as much as wrestling is other forms of entertainment as far as movies and, and tv shows so during the pandemic, was that something where you know you and you and the wife finally got to sit down and go, oh, okay, now let's watch. I don't know. Let's go through The Sopranos now that we have you know all the time in the world.
0: So Dutchman still Dutchman tail still wants to kick my ass because I've never watched an episode of The Sopranos. <laughs> one of his favorite shows of all time. And no, guys, I have not watched The Godfather yet. Which I, shame on me. But I will say this during the pandemic, I watched Tiger King every episode, guys. Uh, but uh, I am a sports junkie. I watch anything. Basketball is my favorite, but I still watch sports. And as you just, you know, uh, alluded to, it was no sports on there for a while and, and we were home. And so I did a lot of reading and working out, but I did watch Ozark and, and all kind. you know, I called up some, on, on several series that, uh, uh, Scientology my wife Karen She's a she is the TV junkie So we watched all kind of things but the one Thing that and I watched Each episode twice or I went through The series twice but when I watched And this is and I've told This story multiple times but it, it, you know, it relates directly to podcasting. When I watched The Last Dance with Michael Jordan, yes, I'm a Big oh. Bulls fan and a Michael Jordan fan and you guys in Chicago and everything that goes with it. But if you were to erase all that and just land here from Mars and sit down and watch that documentary, it was so compelling. And it, I, I've used the word mesmerizing. Of course, I lived through the 90s and knew that Rodman skipped practice to come to Nitro. And so, but I lived all that. And again, I'm a basketball fan. But the one, multiple times watching those 10 part series, I would sit there and it, a light bulb, literally, you know, proverbially or however you want to say, the light bulb went off in my head. And I go, that's podcasting. He is retelling a story with unbelievable emotion, with a a real sense of he's in the moment going back 20 years ago, the greatest basketball player. Sorry, LeBron fans, the greatest basketball player who <laughs> ever lived. Uh, but literally, that really went, oh, my God. And so as things went and this new year rolled around and Conrad was – wanting to do business in other ways. And we talked championship belts and he's a belt collector, but you know, he recycled the wagons cause he's tried to get into this podcast for multiple years, but I had a new fresh take on it. And when we got into those conversations and obviously he talked about the business component and, and everything that goes with it. But um, yeah, the last dance uh, it, it is a, is a, it, it gave me almost proof of concept on how a podcast cause wrestling fans, like we just talked, you guys uh, and I'm not saying you're the diehard wrestling fans, but the audience wants to know okay, what really happened when you arrived at the building and how did that go down? And thank God I've got some good recall because I remember quirky things about these stories and where I was standing and where Vince was standing or Hawk or what room I was in. I could take you to these arenas and, you know, where I hit Beetlejuice, guys. I could walk you right to the spot <laughs> in, in the huddle building if I could. Uh, but anyway, all kinds of things like that. But yeah. Uh, good question.
2: Well, Jeff, I just want to say as as we're kind of winding down, I do think that that's kind of part of like the wrestling boom that we're seeing now is seeing people that have gone through it and we're not hearing second, third hand through like a dirt sheet, you know, what possibly happened. We're getting people that have been woven into the fabric of this business and, you know, truly legendary people telling their stories straight from the horse's mouth. And, you know, It's different than, you know, when we were seeing a lot of shoot, you know, shoot videos that sometimes, you know, you'd see people airing their dirty laundry because of sour grapes or whatever, or they needed a quick payout. This is really something that, like, we get to see guys like you, you know, having a show like My World with Jeff Jarrett, and you're just – you're telling the stories that built – you know, your entire legacy and we're hearing it from you and it's coming from a very real place. And it's, I'm just great that we have something like this. Cause you know, normally you, you could get like a question and answer session at a con or something, but you know, you only have like 200 people there that heard it in the room. Um, but I think, I think what you're doing with this show is great. And it, it's really great that we're starting to get more of this stuff out because I think it only helps fans. It helps uh, people that want to be wrestlers get like a little bit of perspective that they wouldn't have got otherwise.
0: Well, and you know, me and Conrad have had those conversations, and and I've told him, yes, it's my story, um, it's it's my life, but but also, the, the, it, it's kind of amazing that the ad free team. If you go to AdFreeShows.com, dot com, you can get my world early and ad free, and a bunch of other bonus content, guys. I got my plug in, but no, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, but but um, I'm not kidding, but no. Uh, <laughs> that being said, the the one thing that 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 me. You know, look, I've, I've been a performer for 35 plus years, but when I do the podcast and the the, the research team goes back and look, I can't re- I m- remember a lot, but not everything. But when I when I dive into an episode and and rack my brain and I will write myself notes and just think things through and. Sometimes, obviously, the years like oh, was that you know was that ninety seven or ninety six? And because I don't want to say the wrong year, and then the Twitter police get me, and then it just turns <laughs> into a, a non-story. But we're really not talking about the podcast because Jeff said ninety six, and it was really ninety eight. One of those deals. But anyhow, I really step up to the plate, and I tell Conrad, and I'm I'm vehement about it, is that if somebody's going to invest two hours, three hours, 90 minutes into listening to this story, I just feel it is it is absolutely my responsibility, not Conrad's. Conrad is a host of six others. He runs a mortgage industry. And, and look, I've got a lot of things going on in my life. But if I'm going to sit down and do a podcast, I want to knock it out of the park each and every time. Do I take it sometimes too serious? Maybe, maybe not. But with that being said, I appreciate you saying that because – Hearing it through, you guys have your own podcast, but you know, you're right. Uh, that, uh, again, but I'm flipping the switch. Michael Jordan, this wasn't like a Bulls uh, ball boy or Bulls assistant coach, or this wasn't a scout or even a news reporter in Chicago who worked the Chicago Bulls beat. This is the man himself that sat down with the laptop in his hand, and I could not go, I could not turn away from it. I was just. You know, and and Karen would laugh at me because I'm not a binger. I wouldn't watch all 10 episodes. I wanted to watch an episode and walk away and think about it. She's like, dude, you are weird. But no, anyway, (laughs) uh, yeah. So I appreciate you saying that because I view it just like I'm a fan and sat down and watched Jordan. I want people, if they're going to invest in my world and sit down and listen to it, I'm going to step up to the plate and do my very best recall and, 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 and tell the story the best I can.
1: I mean, definitely some comparisons could be made to Jordan and yourself because you're both a great. As far as as far as my opinion goes, as far as Scrum's opinion goes, you two guys do the very best to ever do it. And I love that you're as much of a Bulls fan as you are because Day or Stank over here, he himself, giant Bulls fan, most recently at the the United Center show, got to have his artwork displayed, uh, you know, on the Titan Trunks over at the United Center, which again i love it it's being love as big it. of a fool's man as that um of course jeff we'll uh we're, we'll wind it down here you know we know we thank you for the time that you gave us of course um you know if people want to hear more about you, you can go send my world with jeff Jarrett. i personally would recommend the summer slam episodes you did two real good ones back to back i believe it was 98 and 99 SummerSlams that were two of the ones that i personally like and i know actually your your podcast is up for an award
0: it is who would have thunk it gas <laughs> no uh, uh i'm not sure when the results come out but the voting is closed but yeah best new podcast in all genres just not wrestling yeah i was shocked conrad sent me the uh link um well past my bedtime i'll say that and and uh when i looked at it because i heard my phone calls, i was shocked but very humbling uh but man um the whole ad free team and conrad and A lot of fun, Um, but so whether we win or not, it it was an incredible honor because I I think there's, I don't know, I just did that convention podcast movement. We were panel speakers, and I was three months into my career, and they still asked me to do it, which is cool, but um, lots of new podcasts that come out every day. I think there's over 8 million active podcasts. I I don't even, there's some kind of crazy number, so to get nominated as Best New Podcast of 2021, it was a great honor to have.
1: And if people want to find more, uh, you know, more about you, want to want to go follow you on on social media and things like that, where can they go?
0: It's all I make it super simple: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and website. Real Jeff Jared. Uh, it's real R E A L, and then I'll let you stank spell Jeff Jarrett if you take us out here, my friend.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Double J J E Double F J A Double R E Double T.
0: There we go. You got it, my friend. <laughs> Jeff, thank Guys, you. for I you. really had a lot of fun today. I had a lot of fun. Appreciate having me on and uh hope we can do it again someday.
1: Thank you again to the wonderful Jeff Jarrett for that. I can't believe he let you do the fucking outro.
2: I you know there there was a part in the back of my head that thought maybe he would do it. And then when he said, Why don't you do it? I was like, Oh and then I was like I instantly forgot. How to spell his name? Because I was so nervous, but you know we pulled it together. I gotta say, like, whenever we, whenever we meet like wrestling legends for the show, you always gotta wonder, especially, especially when like they're so old school and deep rooted into like what wrestling is. I mean, sometimes you can get a mixed bag. Sometimes, you know, you'll see a legend at an autograph signing and they're a little surly and they don't want to be there. And, you know, that that comes with the territory. They, they've seen it and done it all. Um, and then with Jeff Jarrett, like I'd say he's probably been a heel the majority of his career. So you see all these characters where he's just, you know, he's a bad guy. He's got the stroke. You know, he's the authority figure. You know, he's called people slap nuts and hit him with guitars. And then sometimes you wonder, like, does he live that gimmick? And no, like Jeff, like b- before we did the interview, my world with Jeff Jarrett, I I was listening to clips of it and I was like, wow, like, and it really struck me that like, we really are living in an age where, and I said this in the interview, but like where we can actually hear stories directly from the legends and not with any bitterness or sour. They're just telling their story. And it's so good to get, you know, we always hear reports, quote unquote, of politicking and whatever's happening backstage. But like, you know, I mentioned Bash at the Beach, and I was kind of nervous about it because, like it, like he said, it, it was kind of a black eye on wrestling, and he was in the middle of it. But, like, when can you get a unique perspective like that from someone? And he was just so generous with his time. And even before we went live, I mean, he was funny, uh, charming. Like, everything everything you hope when you meet, like, a hero or a legend from from something you love like wrestling, everything you could hope for in talking to the guy was Jeff Jarrett. So, yeah, we, we highly recommend listening to his show um and it's it's really cool that he's kind of finding new blood in this business through podcasting it's it's really we're kind of in like a renaissance period i think
1: well and in particular like you know you know me i i love asking uh guests you know hey what uh what are you currently watching on tv you know because i'm always hoping especially when it comes to these older wrestling legends i'm always hoping that'll it be like well you know I checked out that low-key TV show on Disney+, Plus and, you know, it's pretty fucked up, isn't it? Like, just, yeah. I don't know, like, in, in my heart of hearts, I was like, one of these days. One of these days, that'll or, be the Well,
2: how many, how many times have we done that, and someone's like, yeah, I love Watchmen, and
1: we're like, yes. exactly. Hey, exactly how we came to be friends with Brody King, you know? Yeah. Um And, yeah, and then, you know, he talks about.
2: I was really surprised about um huge Michael Jordan fan. I I don't know why, but I never would have gathered that from him.
1: Yeah, and oh, that's the good thing, you know, where he's talking about like, oh, this, you know, what, what, what some is just like, oh, it's just a Michael Jordan documentary. Like, CM Punk has talked about how like that sort of influenced influenced him to like, you know, at, at least the the for his comeback, you know, like, oh, his last dance, now oh, this is the first dance, like, and yeah, hearing Jeff just talk about it, and it's like, yeah, of course that that makes sense because again, he is someone, like, it wasn't just me, you know uh his ass or anything like he is someone who has been around this industry his entire life he has so many so many stories to tell and when you've got that many stories to tell like why not share them you know especially and again i'm someone who i do listen to his podcast and i i appreciate the way he goes about telling these stories because um there, you know, it's not always told from a from a subjective point of view. Uh, you know, he, he does he he finds a good middle ground as far as like, you know, um, objectively, this is this is what happened. This is the story, as opposed to some people who, you know, again by virtue of we're all human, and um, sometimes you know it is a little harder for people to admit that you know they are they are not the good guy in a situation. Sometimes that they are you know the one being painted in a negative light. Uh, and often is the case when that happens, we tend to tell stories from a skewed point of view, you know, it's like, well, I don't know why David is upset. You know, I didn't do anything to David, but he very much finds a way to like, again, tell these stories from, from both point of views. and, And that's what I like about his podcast in particular and just hearing him tell like how you know how he mentions like it just it motivated him to want to want all right now it's my turn to tell these stories i thought that was very fascinating because again like some people in the world of wrestling are still just really reserved and, and keep to themselves and and don't really feel the need to share you know and hey by all means you know like not everyone not everyone needs to have a podcast and and tell everything but when you have someone you know again with um such an illustrious past as Jeff, you know, who's sort of done it all. And, you know, it, it makes for the perfect person to have. It makes sense that this person, uh, is going to, you know, adopt a medium in which you just sit in front of a microphone and talk and tell your story. Because again, he is just, he is the perfect person when you think of, uh, someone who should host the podcast.
2: Yeah. And it, it also I can't stress enough. um, you know, we're really enjoying another wrestling boom again because of AEW, but really he was kind of like, you know, the predecessor in, he had been both in W he's, he's seen the territory system. He's been in WWF, WWE, and then WCW. He saw what was working and what wasn't working both from like the promoter side. He was a promoter's kid and then became a promoter himself and also from the wrestler side. And, He had enough foresight to say we need an alternative because it can't be just one monolithic company. And he tried. And then you know, if you look at the story and history of TNA, you know, from total nonstop action all the way to TNA Impact and now just Impact Wrestling. You know, he even he was he's like we're talking about twenty years of this, and there was a time when people said this is a dumb idea. You'll never be able to. But because of like the building blocks that he kind of set up. It, it allowed a company like AEW to also see what didn't work in WWF, WWE, WCW, and then also what didn't work in TNA. You know what I mean? And he's he able to get these little perspectives. And because of those formative steps that Jeff Jarrett took, and some people might say he was way ahead of his time when it came to this. Um, but he, he incepted the idea that there can be another alternative. And now from that, we're starting to reap the benefits. And so it's really cool. It, it's really hard to get someone that has that much perspective in the business and the art and sport of wrestling. And I don't know what I expected, but it, he blew me away. And we were really glad to have him. Can't wait to have him on again because uh, I'm pretty sure that's going to happen sometime.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. Someone that that we need to have back on. I know he did an interview with uh, a friend of the show, past guest of the show, Andrew Thompson a while back. And that was, again, one of those interviews where I was just like, oh, shit. Like, you know, like this guy's really cool and then you know us getting our turn to talk to him um also made for very cool you know again this, this it's safe to say this will go down as, as, as you know one of my favorite episodes that'll be one of those that i uh, often recommend um yeah. it, but dave uh you know we kind of mentioned up front uh another thing that we do here know again aside from talking wrestling is uh we do talk movies tv show and typically for the most part it's usually marvel um you know usually <laughs> yeah it, it's usually marvel was just you know going on about marvel but yesterday dc fandom happened um admittedly again not the biggest fan of uh of dc comics or their movies you know um yeah i think they know they really know how to make a batman movie and yeah that's <laughs> you know and that's it for me in particular and i get it I, like it's just not always for me um i i think uh, you know there was there's was two different batmans that we saw. I see first off you know kind of in wrestling tight to wrestling uh shazam they showed a bit as shazam i again have been someone who's not kept up with shazam whatsoever just by virtue of i'm like eh, i don't care or black adam <laughs> i'm sorry black adam the character that the rock is 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 gonna be playing um i saw the trailer and like cool I guess, you know, like, I know, like, uh, Pierce Brosnan is in it. Um, and they're just sort of using it to, to bring in a bunch of other characters. And this has been brewing for a while. Like they have been talking about this for a while. Um, it feels like forever. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I I don't know. I mean, I I feel almost like you're a little bit more versed within the the DC, uh, you know, universe. How, How did you kind of feel about that black Adam, you know, little teaser trailer that we saw?
2: So you know, I've been talking about this with my little brother. Like we talk about superhero stuff all the time. The hard thing about you—you—you always imagine like someone like Ryan Reynolds for a time period. Like I could have made him almost any superhero. Like he's just got the good looks. He looks like a superhero with his shirt off and stuff. And so you would think the Rock's got such a big personality. He's so big. Uh, and muscular, you would think, wow, he could play a million. But he really can't. Like I can't, I can't imagine him fitting as any other. Like there's some side characters. Like he could be Kilowog, but you'd have to like cover his face up. He could be a lot of things. I, I think he could probably pull off like dark side actually. Um, and a lot of people were fan casting him as like Apocalypse in the Marvel movies, but. The hard thing is he's such a big personality that, like, you could put him in movies like buddy cop movies like CIA or Central Intelligence or Jumanji and his personality comes out and makes the movie. But, like, if he's supposed to be some ancient sorcerer, he can't be The Rock. But if he can't be The Rock, then why hire him, right? So he's stuck in this thing. I don't know. I wasn't the biggest Shazam fan when I was a kid. Because he was—he's just magic Superman, and I think for most people, when they think of, you know, Billy Batson's greatest foe, they always think of him fighting Superman. Like Black Adam rarely gets mentioned. So for for the Rock, he's really been setting the table. He's saying the hierarchy of power is going to change in DC. I don't think of Black Adam as doing that. You you think of Dark Side. You think of Lex Luthor. You think of the Joker. You know, Brainiac. Even there's there's all these. Great DC world-ending villains, and you never, you never think of Black Adam because like he always gets treated as like a mid-level scary. I don't know. It'll be tough. The test footage that they showed looked corny to me. I I don't know. It just it just doesn't. There's something cornball about Black Adam, and I'll be honest with you, I'm really happy that The Rock is like the the biggest actor in the world. I find most of his movies to be kind of unwatchable. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Like I love the rundown rundowns. Great stand standing to like all his early stuff. Like when he was still kind of a wrestler, I love, um, but I'm happy for him, but I don't know. I'm not sure. And I'll, I will say the showing for black Adam kind of followed suit for the rest of fandom was kind of shit. Like the, the vast majority of it was shit. <laughs>
1: yeah i mean and i i get what you mean like i i i agree with everything that you just said um something that i was like really bummed about was the flash trailer because by, yes. all, by all accounts they are uh oh spider-man which is funny because it tends to happen you know when civil war was coming out dc was like oh hey we're doing batman v superman you know yeah. when uh you know, Avengers and Justice League came out at the same time. Like the, I think it was like Avengers 2, and then Justice League came out, something like that. Um Yeah. It, it just happens. It happens all the time in Hollywood. Um So wouldn't you know, there's all this talk of some Spider-Man multiverse stuff, and then DC's like, well, we're doing Flashpoint. We're doing our version of Flashpoint, and we're bringing in Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck, and who knows, maybe, you know, may- maybe there'll be some other surprises, and they were able to, you know, finagle some other past yeah. batman or whatever but the case may be i was so i was i was just really disappointed with the trailer because it didn't show you anything like yeah you know you see the silhouette of michael keaton's like helmet and you hear his voice but like
2: and then they're like that's all you get oh and the most annoying thing was you see the batmobile under like a car cover and they pull it off and then they ended. it. I was like, why, why we know what the, it's those, no, we know what the Batmobile looks like. So it's kind of weird that we want it so bad, but like, just let us see the Batmobile.
1: I I'll tell you what. why do that with, with these comic book movies I hate. And it happens with wrestling too. I hate this imaginary casual fan because yes. when it comes to wrestling and when it comes to these like superhero <laughs> movies, there is no casual fan. You either like them yeah. or you don't. You know, it's either, you know, oh, the boyfriend girlfriend really likes these movies. So I watch it with them or my, my kids really like this movie. So I take them to watch them with them. And th- there's just there is no such thing as the casual fan. You make yeah. new fans. You know what you think about how much, uh, you know, um, Black Panther made Or how much Captain Marvel made. Like, I'm not saying representation doesn't matter and that these movies will bring in a newer audience. What I'm saying is that there is nobody who is just casually watching the Marvel movies. You know?
2: Right. They're invested, they're hardcore. They're
1: invested, yes. So it's very much like, no, give us the fan service. Because guess what? If, like, it's almost like with these newer Spider Man movies with this with this next spider-man movie everybody knows all the spider-man are coming out in it everyone does right. it's just it's the worst kept secret and i hate the people who are still like i don't know baby like no they're all coming out and i think it's one of those things where for the people who aren't aware well they hear us talk about it they hear the everyone else talking about it and that's sort of one of those huh really toby Maguire's coming back well shit yeah. i should go check that out then you know I feel like there's more an instance of that as opposed to someone who's just casually going to walk in an auditorium and go, "Oh, you have one of those Spider-Man movies playing." All right, I'll check it out. You know, like that. Just yeah. Again, if it happens, I'm not privy to it. But that that was kind of one of my p- things with this Flash trailer, where it's just like, "No, man." Like, and and maybe they just don't want to give too much away. I don't know, but I I felt it was a missed opportunity to just like you know lay it all out on the table like come come hard with a really good trailer up front and then you know everybody will just be more excited they'll be more hyped for you know for this movie that's coming out because bella county should like i'm again i'm i like ezra miller i like his portrayal of the flash and i was excited when they were like oh this is what we're going to do because it's like okay cool you know like uh, clearly it appears we're getting multiple flashes um right you know, just based on the, the, the children that were with him. Uh, but yeah, I felt such a letdown. Like people have been waiting for Michael Keaton to return to the role forever. And like you give us a silhouette in his voice. That's it. Like, oh, come on.
2: Well, I, I do think part of it. One, I was really annoyed at, at how disinterested Ezra Miller looked like. First, he, he was dressed like a complete goof. And then he was like, yeah, I don't know, whatever. We we don't have enough footage to show, footage to show you something. So here's what we got. It just—I don't know. It—he seemed very disaffected by the whole thing. Um, I mean, it was exciting to. He- there was a, a bit of excitement hearing Michael Keaton's voice and seeing the back of the cowl and knowing that the Batmobile was under that car cover. Um, but I—I I wanted more. Like it would have been nice to see his face. Like this is the thing we've all been waiting for. We've seen concept art and you know, Michael Keaton's talked at length about still fitting in the suit. And like, this is all the stuff that wets your appetite. So maybe it's a genius move in the, you know, in the long run, kind of like what Jeff Jarrett said, you know, sometimes you make decisions in the moment that aren't good for the moment, but they're good for the long haul. Maybe, I don't know. As of now, I'm annoyed. I I was also annoyed. Like all the stuff that they showed was like storyboards or this one dude's like, I'm selling Superman hats guys. I'm like, Oh, all right, I guess. Cool. <laughs> was just, was, I was like, what does that gotta do with anything? You just fucking sell your stupid hats. But um the one thing that did work and it was the thing they made us wait for to like the very, very end, was the Batman trailer. And this was the thing I was most filled with uh anxiety and fear because like You know, it's been, it's been a roller. It's been like wrestling. It's been cyclical. I've been happy with it. You know, bummed about it. Uh, Robert Pattinson, at first I was bummed, but then I'm like, he's a good actor. And then we saw the first trailer. I was like, that's great. And then they were saying Robert Pattinson wasn't in shape when they started refilming because of COVID. And you're like, oh, this guy's going to ruin it. And then, you know, up and down. And we finally see this trailer. Man, I I still have some problems with the suit. But the trailer looked awesome. I mean, what did you think
1: about it? I thought it was fucking awesome. Same thing. Like it's, oh. it, it was. I thought it was a really good trailer. Like I'm someone who I've like. There's things that people have been crying about. Like oh, we're making. Uh, Commissioner Gordon Black and uh Catwoman Black and oh, you you put the vampire from Twilight to be Batman like oh you're right. you're ruining my childhood like just really dumb things like that where I'm like who cares like yeah there's so many different I don't even want to get in that kind of but I, you know and Matt Reeves a really good director you know, you look at those, like, Planet of the Apes movies, he's a really good director, so I had, I had no, there was no shadow of a doubt that this was going to be awesome, and maybe, like, uh, a month, month and a half ago, there was a a screening of it, and people were raving about it, they're just like, whoa, it is, it is crazy, it is crazy good, and then I saw this first trailer, and chef's kiss, it was so good, it was, it was amazing, like, I I could not believe like that we're getting this version of 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 the Batman just because it looks different, you know it. Um, yeah, I had no problems with you know with Ben Affleck's Batman only because I really didn't get to see Ben Affleck's Batman. You know there was just so much going on that like you know there was never a full on just story as far as for him. And I like the Dark Knight movies that came out, you know? Like, I know some people feel some type of way about that third one. I think in hindsight, it's a very good movie. Um, the character of Batman's really hard to mess up. And I really enjoy what I saw with this. It, it leaves me very optimistic for what's to come. Again, specifically just because, like, this is what I want to see, you know. Like this is like very much up my alley. Where I know everyone's always like, "Oh, why does the Batman character have to be so serious?" It's like, yeah, well, I don't want to watch Batman sixty six. Like that's not what I want, you know. I want like I I want this detective story, um, framed, you know, framed within the uh, the POV of this you know boy with PTSD who dresses up as a bat. I'm sorry. That's just, that's, that's the way I want this story told. And this very much feels like that's what we're getting. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm excited for it, man. Like, uh, by all accounts, um, you know, the, the Riddler is going to steal the show, which I'm excited for. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm happy that that's happening because, um, yeah, like it's just like bring it on, man. Just bring, bring it on. I'm ready. I'm, I've been waiting for another good Batman movie for a few years now. And I, I feel like this will be right up there with like, um, you know the the more prestigious uh, DC films that we speak of.
0: Yeah,
2: and when it comes to Batman, um, you know I've made my feelings known before. I, DC's got this weird relationship with Batman in that for the longest time, Batman was kind of what kept the company afloat. Right? They they put out like twelve Batman titles. He was showing up in crossovers with everyone, and pretty much any DC animated show or movie. Had to have Batman. It, it was the same problem that we had, you know, Marvel with Wolverine. Wolverine would just show up with everything, and like he pretty much dominated the '90s. Uh, same thing with Deadpool for a while. Deadpool was just showing up everywhere, which kind of like led to like the movie happening. Um, but now I, DC's gone to great lengths to kind of cut Batman off at the knees, you know, in a lot of like the project products or projects that they're doing. Batman's either abandoning Gotham or like in Titans, you know, they're saying fuck Batman. And then they're trying to make Batman adjacent things like Gotham, the things that revolve around the world of Batman, but don't necessarily have, I think they're trying to maybe move past the problem they created. Um, I will say like for a lot of the Batman movie stuff, they've been taking lots of inspiration from Batman year one, which is, you know, basically this will be kind of like Batman year one, uh, the movie, um, which is good. Like Batman year one, such a good story. We're seeing the formative years of Batman before he's fully for, like, I don't think that's the final Batsuit. suit. I think that's just something he kind of made to facilitate him being Batman. And yeah, you see like this unpolished rage filled character, you know, there's a moment in the trailer. It's a perfect moment for, you know, I think Selena cow says, who are you? And you expect him to say, I'm Batman. And he just says, I'm vengeance. So it, it's really cool. And even down to things like, you know, the first teaser that we got, They, I think that's a Nirvana song, right?
1: It, might, so it I, might have been. I didn't, I didn't immediately uh, recognize yeah. it. I think it's like a
2: Nirvana cover. And then they actually kind of took elements from that song and made it the theme. And I didn't know if I'd like it, but I do. It's actually really good. and I can't wait to... I'm sure they're going to have an orchestral version, which is going to sound super dope. Yeah. Um, it looked good. And there, there's one scene, two scenes that I loved in the trailer. One, it shows Robert Pattinson like dusty and he's looking up. And it reminded me of Michael Keaton in the bell tower in Batman 89. What a great look. And then the second thing I liked <laughs> is Batman's chasing the penguin. He clearly veers off and explodes the Batmobile. And Penguin's like, I got you. I got you. And then you see the Batmobile jump. Through this fireball, still on fire. It looks like it's falling apart, and then he he rams him. So good. And I'm really great. I'm really glad. Lately, they've been doing Oswald Cobblepot, the penguin, with like this Cockney accent and everything. Like he's like some weird English tough, which he's not. Like he's he's from the second oldest family in Gotham. And so uh, I like that they picked Colin Farrell. And it would have been easy for him to just use his regular accent, and they didn't. They they gave him like a like a East Coast style accent. I'm I'm so happy for it. I'm really glad that the way this trailer showed up, everything about it looks good. I have minor quibbles about the way his towel looks, but like in the face of everything that's going on, ten out of ten, the best part of the show, and I think it's the one thing everyone was waiting for, and it delivered.
1: Yeah, it's I am like you. I, I very much think there will be a um another costume coming along the way. So yeah. I'm I'm excited i excited for I that. I
2: think he's actually I think he's actually wearing like pants. <laughs> like my brother was we looking at it and he's like, is he just wearing like pants? And like but it makes it's like a motorcycle. He's a he's a motorcycle guy, so like he's wearing like a oh I'll say one thing I didn't like. His chest plate was fully bulletproof. Which doesn't seem like a very bad, like the thing about Batman is like, you think he can get stabbed and shot and like him being a ninja is a very big part of like, uh, it's a necessity so he doesn't die. And then like for a long time, the yellow bat symbol was so that they would shoot at it because that's the only plating he's got. (laughs) It's like three guys shooting submachine guns into his chest and he looks like Robocop. I didn't like that part, but, uh, Hey. If that's the price I gotta get to get the rest of this trailer, I'll take i gladly pay it ten times over.
1: No, but but by all means, yeah. I'm I'm I myself am also very excited. Um I'm also excited though for uh this Q and stink that we'll be doing on the Jericho Cruise Dave. Um yes. <clears throat> as we mentioned, uh, we'll be Will be ma- forcing uh, CEO of Pro Wrestling Tees Ryan Barkin to participate in a Q and Stank, uh, which is our version of a Q and A uh, on the Jericho Cruise, where we released exclusively for Patreon, uh, you know, listeners. You can go ahead and sign up again for as low as five bucks uh, over at Patreon.com forward slash PWTcast. Uh, you know submit as many questions as you want. I'll, I'll just make sure I'll take care of that on, on our end so that we get all the questions. They just got to be submitted before October 20th. And uh, yeah, you know, I want to go ahead and give a shout out to the, the current patrons that we have right now, because, of course, one of the perks is, you know, we give you a weekly shout out along with uh, all the other perks, depending on whatever tier you signed up for. But, of course, I want to give a huge shout out to our boy, Clifford Fraser, Jesse Kolenberg, Mark Villanueva, Joshua Davis, the Invincible Man himself, Ryan Mears, Neil Flanagan, Shannon Hauenick, Jonathan Mayer, Hot Topic Joe, Ryan Crossley, Taffy, Vivian, Anthony Torres, Brandon from New Jersey, uh, W.H. Park, who makes a little cameo uh, on this Friday's episode, of Scrub and Stinks Family video. Uh, John Ceno, who, boy, was this, he was the most popular man this Friday during <laughs> Rampage, during uh, Minoru Suzuki and uh, Daniel Bryan. They were all chanting, see, no, see, no. I was like, boy, you know, they all love him as much as we do. Uh, they can't get enough. Can't get enough of him. Uh, my Godfather Jesus, of course. Shout out Jesus! Shout out Jesus! Uh Be Dornick who will be on the cruise with us, so that should be fun. Moises Garcia, Sean Levine, Eric Campbell, Katie Fabe, and of course, and of course, our boy Steve Feast. Of course, if you want to sign up, head over patreon.com forward slash cast. and uh, yeah, you too can become a member and uh, listen to all the fun content we've put out there as well. Dave, uh, next time we talk to these people, we'll be coming back from a boat. So we should have some fun Jericho Cruise stories and not spoil too many of them as we will have a whole Jericho Cruise episode in and of itself. Uh, But until then, you guys, uh, for the PWT cast, I've been Scrump.
2: And this is Stank, And this
1: is friend of the show, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega here,
0: friend of the show. We've run out of things to say here at the PWT cast. And so I must bid you adieu. Goodbye and good night. Bang Bang, bang.